It's now time for Mike Adams 2.0 on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. Mike will get you into the ring with the latest boxing and MMA info, the logos, and much more. Now, here's Mike Adams 2.0, presented by El Mesquite Market, bringing cultures together. Good morning, sports fans. Mike Adams 2.0, ESPN Radio 101.7, the team, the guest list has been off the charts. I mean, off the charts when you think about it. And then Michael Franco called me and said, hey, we got to get the magician in. We have to get the magician. So I'm happy to bring you Bare Knuckle Fighting, August 11th, fighting for the Flyweight Championship. John Dotson, welcome to the show, buddy. Oh, how you doing? Thank you for having me on. John, you dazzled him last time in Tingley Coliseum. Is the word dazzle an understatement? Oh, of course, because of the fact that I'm putting on a nothing but a magical display of brutality, violence, and mayhem. John Dotson's our guest. It's ESPN Radio 101.7, the team. Now you got a big fight coming up for the flyweight championship. How did we evolve to the championship fight so quickly? You're 2-0 in bare-knuckle fighting. Now going to fight for the world title. Uh, we didn't evolve to nothing. It's literally them giving the opportunity to, I'm giving them the opportunity to place a belt around my waist. I knew I was going to be the champion once I stepped into the squared circle and knowing that the time has arrived for them to grace me with a belt, I'm allowing them to put it on my, around my waist. Now, John Dotson, when I think about this, I love the humor, but there's no humor in fighting, and you've always displayed an uncanny ability to take advantage where you need to. Somebody slips just a little bit, John Dotson makes him pay. Of course, like in this bare knuckle game, it's always about being hit and not getting touched at all. And it's not like how everyone considers who says the game of striking is win by inches. This is one by who is the quickest, the fastest draw in the West. And uh, we already know I'm the fastest thing alive. That's John Dotson <laughs> telling it like it is on ESPN Radio 101.7, the team. Now, tell me this. this this new John Dotson, right? Because you're 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 still doing mixed martial arts. You're still doing bare knuckles. Is there anything I'm missing here? Because you're going on a fast track with two different organizations. Not that, not at all. I'm going to go ahead and keep on rising to the occasion to step up to step up against anybody, anywhere, any place. And I'm literally putting that my money my putting my money where my mouth is. Every time that someone wants to call me out saying that they're a better striker, I'm more than willing to go ahead and engage in official cuffs with anybody, whether it be mixed martial arts, bare knuckle, boxing, Muay Thai. And if they wanted me to, I was trying to do some slap boxing to go ahead and knock some people out. And I'm not talking about the power slap. I'm talking about the combat jiu-jitsu. Mike Frankel jumping into the conversation here on Mike Adams 2.0. John, it's 141 seconds. That number is out there now. Are you even impressed with how quickly you've dispatched of these two foes? No, not at all. I know, Mike, what I'm I'm capable of doing, but not only that, I know I'm willing to sacrifice both my hands to secure a quick victory. I'm not trying to leave there super unscathed. I'm trying to make sure I'm going out there leaving Nothing to the judges. We already know judges are never in my favor when it comes to decision fights. So I'm going to go ahead and put the pressure and just brutalize somebody until they force, well, until they decide to give up. 
The winds have been in emphatic fashion. The statements have been loud. Has it yet set in to you that this upcoming fight is historic? The first New Mexican to wear a BKFC title. The the sport is rapidly evolving and growing. And to think that your name, the record books, that association is going to be there forever. You know, that one hasn't really occurred to me just as much because of the fact that I want to be the first New Mexican to keep on crushing it in multiple organizations and different styles of fighting. I know Holly did it in boxing and mixed martial arts, and I want to continue to do it throughout anything across the board. I want to be able to do boxing, bare-knuckle boxing, and also mixed martial arts. John Dotson's our guest, ESPN Radio, 101.7, the team, Mike Adams, 2.0. Now, John, I take you back to December 3rd, 2011, and you were fighting a guy named T.J. Dillashaw, and you wowed people that night. You didn't wow them. You wowed people that night, John Dotson. Will this win be bigger than December 3rd, 2011? Absolutely, because of the fact that now, after all the hard work, we can always sit there and say John Dotson is the champion forever. Like how they sat there and said, solidified for me being... The ultimate fighter, championship champion, being the first ever is going to be another thing that's going to be added to the list of my name. I was the first ever uh, Bantamweight uh, ultimate fighter championship winner. Now I'm going to be the first ever flyweight championship ever that the BKFC has ever seen. John Dotson's our guest. Now, John, I have to ask you, I know you're in training, but what are you listening to? What's in the iPod? What's in the headset? To get the flyweight championship belt, I need to know what you're listening to. What I am listening to is Tokyo Machine, Fight, Play, Pew Pew, and also my all-time favorite, and it's even my walkout song, Futuristic, I'm the Greatest. And then when it comes on to the other side of it, I'm still the greatest. (laughs) Keeping it with that style, keeping it with that funk, and I don't want to surprise anybody or let too many secrets out, but... I need you to talk a little bit about your your striking coach. I, I am going to have an interview going up with Juan here in the next couple days, but what has he been like adding to your team and his just joy that he brings to the room? Ah, man, Juan has a different perspective being one being a boxing coach. He understands the ins and outs of boxing, and he's so adaptive to understand the, the striking prowess of mixed martial arts and integrated into bare knuckle. We want to be come together as a unified front, bringing his world and my world together and blend them two together. Uh, blending those two into an orderly fashion. John Dotson's our guest. Mike Adams 2.0, ESPN 101.7, the team. Now, I look at this fight card. You're the headliner. This is your town. They're, they're coming to your town for the championship. But I look at Bryce Hall's on this card. Like one of the top influencers in the entire world. How does a guy like Bryce Hall end up on the undercard of one of the greatest to do it of all time? Well, because since he's such a viral sensation, they want to put two viral sensations together with me being knocking out everybody else and a TikToker fighting a cut man. There's a TikToker fighting a cut man, and this fight has been divisive. You can see the BKFC fan base going back and forth. What are your feelings uh, on Bryce Hall getting this opportunity and, and taking a chance to go in there and, you know, prove if he has what it takes to toe that line? Man, it takes a lot of heart 
and determination to go ahead and want to step in the square circle. Like, not that many people want to go ahead and do it, and everyone can sit there and say, oh, man, these people are just, they're just brawlers or street fighters or whatever they want to sit there and say. But it takes a lot of courage, courage, and determination to want to go ahead and stand and bang with somebody who's going to stand literally three feet away from you. Now, what's it like to fight with your brother on the card as well? What's that like? Because I look at all the great brothers who fought, right? I could give you boxing names, tons of them. But what's it like when your brother fights first and then you come out next? Uh, it's amazing because of the fact that I get to see my brother go ahead and do work. And it energizes and fuels me. Since I know I'm going to be in his corner, having his back, he's going to be doing the exact same thing for my fight as well. Is we're going out there unscathed, untouched, and we're still going to be dominating from beginning to end. You two have been lifelong training partners, but is there any different feeling now that you're both fully committed? You're a world title fight. I know he's in love with the sport. Is there any different feeling or energy now in training back from those MMA days? No, like we are revigorating the new sport of bare knuckle because we found a new love, a new passion. We want to go out there and grind it to the best. And we are going to go out there and secure two titles together. I'm on the chopping block first to go ahead and win my first title, and then he will be on next. The next ring you're going to be in is that BKFC ring. But just a couple weekends ago, you jumped in another ring. I don't know if everyone knows that you're such a fan of the art of pro wrestling. Uh, I'm going to go out there and dust some people out there. I might be having to go and put on that strap, too. <clears throat> like, if anybody's known, they got that Duke City rest oh, Championship Wrestling. And I would love to go ahead and step into that ring once again. Tony was sitting there talking some crap, and I want to make sure I can make him pay for calling me a midget. We're going to see uh, John turn that 619 into the 505 finish. Mm -hmm. Maybe I have to go ahead and do a flyer moonsault for that one and become my own 505. John, let me ask you this. John Dotson's our guest, ESPN Radio 101.7, the team. Where do you see the UFC going in five years? Where, where do you see... Mixed martial arts, and, and, and specifically the UFC in five years. In five years, you're, pretty well, you're going to have a lot of great fighters coming in and out from the UFC, but at the end of the day, you, you're still going to be one of the greatest organizations for people to go ahead and promote themselves. If everyone wants to know what fighter they want to be, who they got to make a name with all, I mean, all of the new talent that's been coming out. So you got to figure out how to be a shining star in such a big stage. I'm excited for you, John. You headline in your home state. You're, you're going to be fighting for the Flyweight Championship, Bare Knuckles Fighting, on August 11th at Tingley Coliseum. Man, it's going to be a great night, and I can't wait to see you win that belt. Man, I cannot wait to have that belt around my, around my chest. It's going to be the most exciting thing for me because it's a lifelong dream to come true. <laughs> really talking about that, I mean, this has been a journey. You've had the opportunities before. What's different now? And why are you so sure that you're going to capitalize on this moment this time? The level of confidence that I have going into this fight is beyond measures. I can go out there and know that I can smell the victory. I can taste the belt in my own house, like in my own hand. Not only that, I have never lost in New Mexico, and I do not plan on doing it now. 
The magician, John Dotson, best of luck to you. Thanks for taking time out, champ, of your busy schedule. Listen, I'm already just going to call you the champ. This is how I'm feeling right now. You already feel like you have it, so I'm just going to call you the champ. He's always been the yeah. champ. Absolutely. I've always been the people's champ, and I've always been the guy who destroyed Demetrius Johnson, even though I didn't have the belt. So this is the opportunity for me to secure that title and be the champion again. We'll see you on the 11th. Be safe. Oh, I will. Take, I'll see you soon. Take care. That was John Dotson, the magician. Great interview. Great, Always fun to talk, to talk to John Dotson. One of my all-time favorites. One of the guys on the local scene that you've seen hit that pinnacle. I mean, we all know it. It's a trademark. Runs up the side of the padding, does the backflip. Not many guys have a trademark. John Dotson has one. John Dotson, best of luck. August 11th, Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship. He's going to be fighting Junior Ridge, J.R. Ridge, for the Flyweight Championship of the world. I know Sal behind the glass will be there. Micah will be there doing about 200 interviews. And Micah, the last time I was at the Bare Knuckles, I was just, it, it was unbelievable. Every time I'm there, it's unbelievable. From BKFC 28 that we had in Rio Rancho to the biggest show they've ever done at Knuckle Mania 3. John Dotson's been on both of them. Quick knockouts. I went up to BKFC 41, saw it in Colorado. You can see it exploded. You can see how big it's becoming. Heck, we have Bryce Hall, G Pettis, this viral grudge that has taken over BKFC. It even went over the top at the zone a couple weekends ago. They had a public altercation, had to be separated. It's coming to a head. You have BKFC doing everything they can to pull the attention from all areas of society. Whatever. If you're the young fan, you're into Bryce Hall. If you're the hardcore fan, you're into G Pettis. If you're a hardcore fight fan from the old school, you know who John Dotson is, and he's coming to bring home that inaugural 125-pound title to New Mexico. Not to mention, we got guys like Wilfredo Santiago, Eric Dotson that we just mentioned, Josh Moreno, all off to a hot start. All three 2-0 in their BKFC careers. You want to say where's that next level of talent we've been talking about that that is going to make it big in the UFC I'm not sure but we have a ton of names right now breaking out and making it big here locally for BKFC also shout out Donald Sanchez if you're listening best of luck on August 11th don't forget to go to Apple Podcasts Spotify Podcasts at Mike Adams 2.0 this is ESPN Radio 101.7 the team Let's get back to Mike Adams 2.0 on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team, presented by El Mesquite Market, bringing cultures together. Welcome back. Great interview, John Dotson, the magician, August 11th, Bare Knuckles Fighting Championship, Tingley Coliseum, and he's going to be fighting for the Flyweight Championship. Tonight, Diamond Boy fights for the NABA Championship out at Expo New Mexico, which is the Spanish Village on the New Mexico State Fairgrounds. 
Um, I'm excited for this one, Micah. A big step in Diamond Boy's career, a notable title, a notable opponent who has formerly held a world title, not to mention some other great storylines on this card, like the return of Matthew Baca. It's been nine years since we've seen the champ, a hot start to his career, took on some big fights, went away. There's been some personal tragedies. We got an interview up at the website, cagedminds.com. He's coming back. You got Quentin DeLeon, who we saw here a couple years ago, Route 66 Casino, fighting for an amateur Lion Fights Muay Thai title. He makes his professional debut against Jose uh, Villapondo. So you got a full card. I believe we have six fights in all for you and some really exciting stuff happening tonight not to mention boxing and combat sports throughout the world that i'm sure you want to get to well nate diaz and jake paul i'm sure you were leaning towards that at the press conference now i don't know if it's show anymore i don't know if it's just show or what it is i don't know what sales are for this particular fight i don't know the interest levels that it has for fight fans but i thought it would be more hype for whatever reason I don't feel like I've gotten the hype that I've had for other Jake Paul fights. I don't know why that is. I don't know if it is Nate Diaz who carries the show by himself, but I'm not feeling the way I felt for other Jake Paul fights. It was the signal that everything was winding down. Jake Paul signed with the PFL. He's going to go do MMA. He's going to go do something different. Logan Paul already saw the end of the runway for his ability to compete in boxing, heavily involved with the WWE, went in a different trajectory. You could see that this celebrity boxing angle was only going to last so long until the audience said, well, if you're a real boxer, we want to see you against a real boxer. And we saw Jake against a real boxer, and now he has reverted back in a different angle to a fight that, yes, many will want to see, but it just doesn't have the same hype. It doesn't have the same allure. You did see that both made weight. Jake sucked down as much as he could to get to 185. Nate, full, happy, getting on that scale. Tonight will be something interesting, but it will not be surprising if it's the last time we see Jake Paul in the boxing ring. He is expected to start transitioning towards MMA, and then maybe that appeal of something new drives his popularity back up. I think it might have been too much of the same thing. Speaking of boxing, Terrence Bud Crawford, an incredible performance at the T-Mobile Arena over Earl Spence Jr. And in watching this fight, it was unbelievable. Double jab, knockdown, I mean the left, uh, the right. Uh, watching this solidified why I had Terrence Bud Crawford number one the past three and a half years of pound-for-pound pound fighter in the world. Last three and a half years, Terrence Bud Crawford, had always been my number one. And he's not only solidified himself, is probably the best of the best, but what's next, right? Is it Charlo at 54? Does he stay at 47? The man is undisputed in two weight classes. That's eight belts total at 40 and 47. I don't know what more he can do, but he is definitely boxer of the year. It doesn't matter what happens the rest of the year. It doesn't matter. This has to be the boxer of the year. A dynamic performance to outpunch the power puncher. Was this a loss that is so devastating? I mean, the physical toll that it took, the damage. Do you think Earl Spence will ever be the same? 
Well, the question now becomes, Earl Spence is world-class, Micah. You're talking about a world-class athlete. And got tuned up. Tuned up easily. And that's just unfathomable how that played out. Yes, he will be back. I don't know in what weight division he said he wanted to move up as well if they were going to have a rematch. And if the rematch clause gets, uh, you know, activated. But at the end of the day, Micah, he'll, Earl Spence will be back. Did the power have you most surprised? Was it the power? Because I don't remember Crawford laying a, a trail of bodies behind him at 140. He was out-thinking, out-techniquing, out-classing everybody, but he wasn't damaging them. Was it the power that most surprised everybody? No, I think what, nothing surprised me. Ring generalship. He controlled every single round. Some people had him losing round one. I think that was more just measuring. And at the end of the day, the ring generalship was proven like he's done in his undefeated career. I mean, he just controlled each round, Micah. So where's the Mike Adams top five pound-for-pound pound list at right now? Because there's been some dynamic performances. And you know the other guy, he fought on a Tuesday. Where do you put him? Where's the top five, Mike Adams? Yeah, and you're talking about Inouye. I have him at two. So at five, you have to go Usyk at five. Because Usyk's had an unbelievable run. At four, I'm going to put Tyson Fury, even though we haven't seen him fight in quite some time. That's just me. And then at three, I'm going to go Canelo. And Gervonta Davis, top 10. I mean, there's there's a couple, Micah, but I would go Usyk, Fury, Canelo, Inouye, and Crawford. I'll take that top five. It's hard to argue past that. The power Anyway, how many, what, is that three undisputed weight classes now? I know they're the lighter weights, but he's just racking up the belts, climbing up that ladder, and devastating. Where do you think the ceiling is? Do you think he's Pacquiao? Can he get six, seven, eight weight classes? Do you think the power is that just undisputedly undeniable? Yeah, I think uh, the farthest he'll go is maybe 160. Maybe, and that's deciding how long he wants to stay at 54. And the only fighter to be undisputed in two different weight classes. So we talk about the champ champ of mixed martial arts. I don't even know what type of nickname you'd give this, right? Because it's eight belts. Four belts at 40, four belts at 47. That's eight belts. That's not just the champ champ. I mean, this is record-breaking. Never been done. I mean, some people were saying after that fight that night, he's top 10. Top 10 of all time. Think Top about 10 of all time. Think with that accomplishment, he has to be in the conversation. It's never been done. It's ridiculous to see that they were able to make the fight in this era, that they were actually able to make it happen, that they put it all out there. The fight lived up to the height, the performance, and we saw Crawford stand on the turnbuckle after. If he's not going after Charlo, I would be surprised. Looked like he was calling his shot right there. Move up another weight class and I guess become the trifecta of undisputed. Now the question becomes, and you're going to say, you know, when we talk top 10 of all time, Ali, Sugar Ray Robinson, Floyd's undefeated, Mark, where do you put Manny Pacquiao? Where do you put Ray Leonard and Duran? Where do you put Marciano, who was undefeated? Where do you put Roy Jones Jr.? Where would you put Jack Dempsey, Benny Leonard in there, Julio Cesar Chavez, Larry Holmes? I mean, 
that's huge to go in with guys like that. But I would put Terrence Crawford in the top 10 right now. That's just me. That's just me, Micah. That's, top 10 of all time. Bernard Hopkins, De La Hoya, where would you put those guys? I, I mean, th- this is what he accomplished. And let's just say he goes to 54 and does this. He may be the greatest of all time. And, and you may be thinking, the greatest of all time? Is LeBron the greatest of all time? I'm going to say yes. Is Brady the greatest of all time? I'm going to say yes. Is Mezzi the greatest of all time? And maybe, Micah, because it's modern-day era, right, of sports that we're watching, there's the possibility of he does this at 54, he might be the greatest of all time. Is the weight class switching and the run that Crawford is on, does this already surpass him what he's doing? One fight away from Floyd Mayweather. Did you just say that? Because we have Floyd Mayweather, he actually, I, I think he got he got it coined. That's his own phrase, the GOAT, or the best ever. The best ever, The his. best ever. Are you telling me that Crawford can already surpass that legacy? Well, here's the difference. When you take a guy like Manny Pacquiao, because people could challenge and debate this all day. Pacquiao won his first belt at 105, I believe. Then 12, then 15, then 18, then 22, 26, 30, 35, 40, 47. So think about what I just said. But he wasn't the undisputed in all those weight classes. But what he did makes Manny Pacquiao the top, in top 10 of all time. What I'm saying is, if he was undisputed at 40-47 and goes undisputed in 54, there's an argument. But what Manny Pacquiao did, think about all those weight classes I just gave you, won a world championship in each of those weight classes. How many was that? Did you get to eight? Did you get eight. to ten? Eight different world titles. He's already got that. It's two different weight classes, but Crawford's already got that. Not to mention that one at 40, he did it the hard way. He collected all those belts. It wasn't what he just did at 47, not knocking, beating Spence, one guy, you got all the belts, collected all the other ones you didn't have. But to do what he did at 40 and then to go up to 47, he was undisputed and really with an exclamation point at the junior welterweight. Then goes up to welterweight. Here's the thing, Micah. Jamel Charlo is the 154 undisputed champion. See, this is this could happen. He's the undisputed. He has all four belts. So if they can make Crawford Charlo next, and he beat and Charlo puts up all four belts, that's what's key. Is what Crawford is doing, is it more impressive? What Canelo did? Canelo jumping around weight classes. I know that Bivol stopped him, but is this putting you to that level that this is just from an impressed standpoint more impressive? Yeah, well, think about what I'm telling you. He's every single belt in that weight division is his in two weight divisions. It could be three if he beats Charlo at 54 if they make the fight. Now, I'm always impressed. What Pacquiao did, what De La Hoya did, what Mayweather did, what Canelo's doing, moving those weight classes, what Roy Jones jo- Roy Jones Jr. did, moving up in weight. Smallest of most of those weight classes when he got to his heavyweight. He probably had rocks in his pocket to get on the scale. But at the end of the day, you're talking about a guy who could end up with 12 belts in three divisions. 12 belts in three divisions. Now this is us talking about some boxing. It's, it's staggering to see. It's great to see. Boxing is making these big fights, and we're happy to see these outcomes be possible. Oscar De La Hoya, to put it in perspective, 
And to me, Oscar was one of the best to ever do it. That's my opinion. 11 world titles. Different weight classes. He won 11 world titles. 11 world titles. And we're talking about Crawford could be holding 12 almost simultaneously within a couple of years of winning them. This is something special. It is in boxing, Micah. It, it truly is. And I hope they make that fight. I hope they make it before the end of the year. That fight, we also got another big one. What do you think about Devin Haney? He's also jumping up in weight. Looks like he's going for that 140 crown that was left by Terrence and going after Regis Progress. Yeah, Progress, 28 and 1, 24 knockouts, Micah. He's the WBC champion. He's one of the best to do it. And when you look at that weight class, Tiafimo's in it. He's a champion. Uh, Rolando Romero uh, is a champion. And can he do it? Yeah, I think he can. I, I think it's a tougher fight than he thinks. But I think Haney, who's the WBA super champion right now at 135, He's the IBF champ, WBO champ. I mean, I'd rather see Gervonta Davis and Devin Haney. That would be a good one. WBC is rumoring that there could be a, a Lomachenko-Stevenson title eliminator. What do you think of that one to get to Devin if Devin decides to go back to 135? I don't know if Shakur, and I, and I don't ever want to use the word risk in a bad way, but Lomachenko can still get down. He can still get down, and he proved that with Devin. Let's be honest; he eked by that one. Yeah, that, I, that was close. I, I had close Lomachenko winning that fight, and when I look back at it, I thought I had Haney winning when I saw it in real time. Then I watched it again. Then I went seven five Lomachenko, but let's just say it was a draw. At the end of the day, of Shakur Stevenson, it will be a payday. But if he can put the belts around him, he'll be the next superstar. I love Shakur Stevenson because he wants to be the next superstar. He wants the smoke. He shows up at every big fight and is trying to get in everyone's face. If you're 130 to 140, he wants to settle it and prove that his skills are top. And I love that moxie. I love that go after. You said it's a risk, but I think he's understanding now that he's a risk for these other guys. You're listening to Mike Adams 2.0 on ESPN Radio 101.7, the team. And then we'll just rejoin again and give you a lightning 15. Let's get back to Mike Adams 2.0 on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. Presented by El Mesquite Market. Bringing cultures together. Welcome back. Mike Adams 2.0 ESPN Radio 101.7 The Team. And I want to get to the next subject. There's a couple subjects I've been wanting to, to get to. And don't forget, you can listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Don't forget, at Mike Adams 2.0. Next week, new hats coming out. So be on the lookout for that. You and Sal get another hat. Oh, fresh? New look? It's going to stay snapback. I got a sneak peek of them. They're still snapbacks because, you know, I'm a snack, snapback kind of guy. I like fitted hats, too. But I like the snapback. Do we have an estimated time on when the link will drop hot, when people can cop them? That's a great question, Micah. And next week I'll have the answer. I know you can get them. I don't know if you can pre-order them, but I know once it once it hits, you'll know. If anybody will know, it's Micah. We'll know. And you'll probably be able to find them, the link in the bio, if you go to at Mike Adams 2.0 on Instagram. So 
Mike, I, I wanted to bring this subject up because I was perplexed, right? And the perplexion was for, because in football, you know, you, you keep quarterback yards and you talk about, oh, Kyler Murray might get 6,000 yards. And I grew up like always watching the running back, whether it was Earl Campbell, whether it was Tony Dorsett, Franco Harris, Marcus Allen. I can go on and on. And then I read somewhere that the running backs just don't get paid and running backs might not play. And then within moments, the Giants put a a deal together for Saquon Barkley that he decides that he's going to play. But when did the running backs become so undervalued in the National Football League? Is it just me, or are they just going to call it the National Passing League? Well, they're never going to call it the National Passing League because then the defense is going to know what you're going to do. It's options. It's been a, a steady decline of the running back as a entity as a notable entity the days of Marcus Allen of Emmett Smith of Thurman Thomas Barry Sanders those names that's getting weeded out by the fact that the more carries you put on a running back the more beat up they they get statistically it's been proven you get the most out of a running back in the first five years well the first three years he's under contract as a rookie the next two you can franchise tag him so when there's three running backs on one team and it's a dime a dozen that you can keep manufacturing the same level of production not to mention i love you lamar but when you have a quarterback that is also your number one option in some some scenarios as a running throat threat that diminishes the value and the necessity of committing so much money to a running back. Mike, I started to ask myself, where's Roger Craig? Where's Herschel Walker? Where's uh, all these great running backs, right? And and then I started to think, you know, I remember Riggins and Zonka. And then I said to myself, okay, Saquon Barkley's with the Giants, Derrick Henry's with the Titans. If I started to ask you who's the running back for the Cowboys, would you know right off the top of your head? Well, Tony Pollard, they just franchise tagged him to another guy not getting paid. Zeke Elliott. Well, he's actually a free agent. Correct. Not even out there. Nobody even wants him at this point. So that's where I'm going with this, Micah. Has the running back position now, because as you stated, the quarterback is dual role now. Pretty much a dual role. We can look up the names. You can talk about those guys. Terrell Davis. I bring up Barry Sanders, Emmitt Smith. The thing that an NFL team and GM looks at is when was the last one of those guys that signed that big money extension actually ran someone to the Super Bowl. It's pre-Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, that's a good point. And in this particular case, though, Micah, because you have to run the ball You have to. You have to keep the defense off balance. If you're just going to run the ball, they're going to commit to that defensive back. Heavy secondary, they're never going to commit. Eight in the box, you need the run the game because play action is a great way to take the top off and get a big play down the field. Now, running backs actually catch the ball quite often as well. Dual threats. Look at Christian McCaffrey. Correct. Gets yarded, eats it up. Doesn't matter if you're handing it to him or throwing it to him. So the perplexion is is there for the fact that I don't know why they're undervalued. 
because so far other positions are higher valued because you did say it's a passing league who throws that ball the quarterback he is so important that the next most important guy is the guy that keeps him safe and that's usually the guy on the left tackle the blind side you need the guy that hands him the ball the center the guys that catch him the ball then again if you're the defense you need the guys that try to hit that guy and the guys that defend the guys that are trying to catch the passes so all of a sudden we've now put the value on the on your tackles, your quarterback, your center, your wide receiver, maybe your tight end to your defensive ends and your cornerbacks diminishing a bit of the value of what a a running back does. And do we even remember there used to be a fullback? Well, here's the thing, Micah. I want to switch gears because that was the running back. But now I want to get to TV jingles. And you may be saying TV jingles, right? So there's a couple of TV commercials that have been sticking with me, and I don't know why. And it brought me back to when we were kids. And do you remember the jingles? Like they would say, where's the beef for Wendy's? Did, were you too young for that? I, I might have been too young for that one. And at Dunkin' Donuts, they would say, it's time to make the donuts. And it would just stick with you. Now, is there? when I think of commercial jingles, you have to be genius. I, whoever does commercial jingles, shout out to you. Right, Because all you want from a commercial jingle is what? For you to remember it. So I ask you, Micah, what are those commercial jingles that you remember? Pizza, pizza. See that? Get it right to you, see? Pizza, pizza. Little, little Caesars. Little Caesars. The minute he said pizza, pizza, you knew what it was. The jingles work? I don't know if jingles work or sales work. Five dollar foot long. See, that's another five. Five. I I worked at Chili's for way too long. I could give you the whole baby back rape song. Please don't make me do it, Mike. <laughs> you see that? So these TV jingles, right? The San Francisco treat. What is that? I believe you're talking about rice Riceroni. Oh, but do you see? I I'm not getting as many TV jingles anymore because there's so many channels. And you don't even have to watch commercials. You can go to the to the pictures where it's quiet. That's I, I'm perplexed on running back salaries and TV jingles. Scoop, there it is. And then there's also the songs that were popular yesteryear that are now becoming TV jingles. And those just get stuck in your head like an earworm. Well, hopefully no one has earworms, Michael. Right? No, but BKFC will knock those right out of you next weekend. Bare Knuckle Fighting, August 11th tonight. Diamond Boy Expo, New Mexico for the NABA title. That's exciting. If you're sitting at home and you want some entertainment, you also got the UFC from Nashville. That's on ESPN. Pay-per-view audience, you still got Jake Paul, Nate Diaz. But the local audience, if you want to see the future of the sport, Diamond Boy fighting for... Like you said, the WBA, NABA, a lot of A's in that one. Title fight, tons of talent on this card. Cageminds.com, we got interviews with almost everybody that's fighting, including Isaiah Aguilar making his pro debut, the return of Bombita, Lorenzo Benavides, so many guys, it's a must-see event. Echo in Nuevo Mexico, Spanish Village tonight. Also, Mike, I want to shout out Brian Mendoza. Brian Mendoza's... Going to be at the fight. 
We got La Bala, the WBC champ, coming back to the hometown. Going to be here live. Going to be at the event supporting. Maybe we could talk him into saying hi to a couple of you guys. It's going to be a great night, a one-of-a-kind environment. We're under the stars tonight. TV jingles. Think of your favorite next week, Sal, behind the glass. Because that's not an easy job to do jingles. Like, I want to bring somebody who does jingles live in the studio because I want to know how they come up with them. You're looking for the art of the jingle, how the keyboard makes it happen. If you do jingles and you're listening right now, give Sal behind the glass a call immediately because we want you in studio. Now, the guest list gets better, Sal, coming up in the next five to six weeks. I mean, we got some incredible folks Incredible. Today's interview, John Dotson, Mike, a great job in picking that up. Mike, a great job in picking that up. Thank you, Mike. Everybody, get on over to the social media at 1017 The Team, also Instagram and Twitter. I was out last week, Salt Lake City, covering UFC 291. We got tons of tweets out there, tons of videos, comments. Go over to the YouTube Cage Minds MMA show where you can see the post-fight press conferences. The live stream didn't work out how we hope, but a lot of stuff going on over there, plus interviews with everyone fighting on the card tonight in the boxing and a whole lot of lead up to that BKFC card next weekend. Micah, they're going to start calling you Mr. Worldwide. Trying to do it, trying to get everywhere, trying to keep you informed, trying to tell the stories of these amazing athletes. That was Pitbull. For those of you wondering, Mr. Worldwide from the 305. Sell behind the glass. Thank you, man. Enjoy your weekend for Joe Neal, the president. Michael Frankel, always good to see you. Oh, good seeing you, Mike. I think we're going to be seeing a little bit more of you over the next couple of days. Yeah, I, and you know, I, I haven't been out lately. Anywhere. And you're going to be tonight. Anywhere, but tonight. For Alyssa Ryan Adams, Preston John Michael. My name's Mike Adams, Mike Adams 2.0, ESPN Radio 101.7, the team. Thanks for joining us for Mike Adams 2.0, presented by El Mesquite Market, bringing cultures together. Join us again next Saturday, 9 to 10, on your New Mexico-owned and operated station, ESPN Radio 1017 The Team.